Chapter 12 of Our Feathered Friends This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Smiling Jane Our Feathered Friends by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell Chapter 12 Before Breakfast Ring the breakfast bell, cried Madame Tohi. The sun is nearly up. Rap on your tree, Mr. Flicker, and wake up the linnets. You're late yourself, Mrs. Tohi, said Mrs. Linnet. My children have had their breakfast already. Mr. Flicker opened his sharp eyes and admired his sharp tail shafts. Then he peeped from behind his tree and called out, Mr. Marker kept me awake at an hour in the night, serenading young Mr. and Mrs. Sparrow. That is why I slept so late. Mr. Marker, in the top of his house, rang the breakfast bell. It sounded like the linnet and the tohi and the flicker and the robin all together. The marker laughed too, like a dozen birds, keeping his clapper going until the other people in the yard could scarcely hear their own voices. Up jumped little Mrs. Hummingbird and snatched a dewdrop from the cup of a morning glory on the trellis. I prefer to drink distilled water, she said, wiping her mouth. I like to drink from the hydrant, said Madame Lynette. Any water is good enough for me. Then she tilted herself on the top of the hydrant and swallowed three drops as they fell from the pipe. What makes you always turn a somersault on the top of the hydrant? asked Mrs. Tohi. It doesn't look polite to stoop over like that and drink with your head down. I don't drink with my mouth on the edge of the cup like some people I know she said in reply to Mrs. Tohi. Besides, it doesn't wet my face when the drops fall right into my mouth like this. I like to turn upside down too. It is good exercise for the muscles. What's the use of a bird always being so proper? Toot toot, said Mrs. Sparrow. See how I drink? And she stood on the edge of the puddle under the hydrant and lay her breast in the water and drank and drank, wetting her face and throat all over. I'm not afraid of a wetting, she said. What's all this talk about drinking? asked old Mr. Butcherbird, coming down on the party with a swoop of his wings that scared all the other birds back to the trees. Don't run away, he said kindly. I've had my breakfast. Then he began to put tatters of lizard meat out of his bill. Where do you suppose I got that lizard? He asked of a goldfinch. I have no idea, she answered. I never saw a lizard up in the morning so early as this. Lizards are sunbirds and don't like cold, wet grass. Ha ha ha, laughed the butcher. I caught him yesterday asleep and killed him and pinned him on a thorn. I always get my breakfast ready overnight. 
I wish I had some wine to drink, observed Mr. Oriel, sadly. The doctor said I ought to drink wine. I feel so weak. What do you know about wine? asked old Mr. Wobbler, hopping along where the birds were talking. I tasted some wine once from a broken bottle at the back door of a dram shop, and it made me so dizzy I couldn't fly. I had to stay on the shed roof all the morning, feeling so foolish and expecting to be caught by a cat any minute. I wouldn't drink wine. I would whole bottles of it, declared Mr. Oriole, laughing till he almost cried. Then all the frightened birds came back to the hydrant. Too bad, too bad, cried the wobbler, wiping his eyes. Young man, you will be sorry. I wouldn't have anything to do with a doctor who advised a young man to drink wine because he felt weak. Better go out in the field to work. Ha <laughs> ha, laughed the Oriole again, amused at his own joke. See me tap my wine bottles. Then he flew to the berry patch and sipped the red juice of the ripe raspberries until his mouth and downy moustache were all stained, the little wine-bibber. A pretty drinker you are, said the mocker. Give us a treat. Then all the other birds fell to tapping the berry bottles till a lady came out of the house and cried, Shoo! flirting her gingham apron at them and rattling her tin pail against the sunflower stalks in a way that made the birds know she was in earnest. Then the lady began filling her pail while the birds watched her from behind the leaves. Keep still, said Mr. Robin. She'll never see them all. There'll be plenty left. There are always more under the leaves. Let's go off to the strawberry bed. So the birds flew off to the strawberry bed on the other side of the garden and picked the ripe red side out of ever so many of the berries. Then a man came out of the house and cried, Shoo! just as the lady had done, but he did not begin to pick the berries. He stuck a great ugly scarecrow up in the middle of the strawberry bed and laughed to himself as he thought how scared the birds would be when they saw it. But the birds, sitting in the trees, laughed too, and gay old Mr. Marker said, He can't deceive us. We know a scarecrow from a man any day. As soon as the man's back was turned, the birds came down and chattered in the scarecrow's face and sat on the rim of his hat and wiped their bills on his coat sleeve and made themselves very well acquainted with him. All the while, the man in the house was saying to his daughter, I guess those birds will let my strawberries alone now. End of chapter 12